Look at the load I'm hauling. Hard work, I hit it harder. Ain't nothing new for a backwoods farmer. Sun up to sundown, backing up traffic all the way to town. Camo hat and a farmer's tan. Welcome to Fast Line Fast Track, presented by Fast Line Media Group, your innovative consumer resource and marketing partner of choice for the evolving agricultural community. Now, here's your host, Brent Adams. Welcome into a jam-packed episode of Fast Line Fast Track. We're glad you're here. On this episode, we preview the upcoming Farm Science Review Show in Ohio with show manager Nick Zachrich. Then we'll take you back to the Farm Progress Show 2019 in Decatur, Illinois, where we catch up with the folks from Kloss about their new product launches. We'll also talk with Brent Smith from Nutrient Ag Solutions, Benji Vandegreen from Demco, and Jeremy Holm, the star of the new film Silo. Then we'll talk with Terry Burkhardt of Allstate's Ag Parts, as well as Ron Stock, the founder and CEO of Big Iron Auctions. Finally, we'll catch up with our buddy Colt Barber. And if that's not enough, then we're going to take you to the legendary Ernest Tubb Record Shop in Nashville, Tennessee, for music from recording artist Brandon Maddox. You won't want to miss a moment of it. Let's go. Next up on Fast Line Fast Track, we want to focus in on Farm Science Review, which is coming up September 17th through the 19th in London, Ohio. It's put on by the Ohio State University College of Food, Agriculture, and Environmental Sciences. And with us today is Nick Zachrich, who is the Farm Science Review Manager. Nick, welcome into Fast Line Fast Track. Hey, thanks, Brandon. Glad to have the opportunity to speak with you today. This is one that's exciting for me because this is the show last year where we really started uh, uh, doing the first interviews that were going to appear on Fast Line Fast Track. And uh, it's just a great show, well run, well attended, um, just really flush with exhibitors. And, uh, man, you guys do a great job. Thanks, Brent. Yeah, this is our 57th show. So we've we've had a few go around and. uh, each year we try to improve just a little bit and provide a little bit more for our visitors and exhibitors. So uh, more than 700 exhibitors and, and typically more than 140,000 uh, people attend the show every year. How, how, do you, uh, how do you keep it all together and how do you keep that momentum going? Yeah, we, we have a full-time staff of eight, so we work on this uh, year-round. To, you know, as soon as we're uh, done with this one, we're right, right, uh, ready to go for the next one. And we actually do a little bit of our marketing planning and things ahead of this show for next year's show. So uh, we're, we're working all the time to make a little bit of changes here and there. Uh, we try to get a little bit of feedback from both visitors and exhibitors, uh, both during the show and throughout the year, and try to make little little changes to make things just a little bit better, a little more comfortable for people, um, as well as easier to find the exhibitors that they're looking for and find new products and exhibitors to be able to be a participant at the show. And the Molly Karen Agricultural Center there in London, uh, where that's held, about 45 minutes outside of Columbus, just a great location for that show. Yeah, we, we've been pretty blessed to, to have the space that we have. We have 2,100 acres total. Um, most of that, uh, over half of that, was given to us by Molly Karen over 30 years ago. So the first 20 shows were uh, closer to campus for Ohio State in Columbus. And the last 37 then, we've been out to, at Molly Karen Ag Center near London. It's been a great facility for us. You know, they have the interstate that goes through our facility uh, and, and provides a lot of space for field demonstrations as well. So it gives us the most acres of any field demonstrations and shows uh, in the United States and as well as be able to have the most participants in field demos to, for that acreage that's available for that. So what's new for the show here in 2019? Uh, we have a few new things. Uh, one of them is a, a career fair that we're kicking off this year. Uh, one of the priorities of our college, uh, uh, Dean Kress, uh, our leader in our college, is is impressed upon us as workforce development 
And uh, our main role in the college is, you know, developing leaders and, and, you know, higher education and things like that. But we're also uh, wanting to be a part of any other type of education. Uh, you know, with the show that we have, we have over 5,000 high school students that attend the show every year. And most of those are NAG programs and FFA chapters that attend. Uh, really hands-on type students typically. And, and a lot of the workforce needs in the industry right now uh, are not being filled uh, by people that have those hands-on capabilities and the skills they're learning in those classrooms. So uh, with, with those two things coming together, it, it feels like it's a, the best opportunity for us to provide uh, a little bit more leadership and finding those, filling those positions for some of these companies is uh, tapping into some of those high school students that are attending our show. And we already have the companies there represented as exhibitors. Uh, so we're, we're doing a part of almost a service to the exhibitors to try to uh, connect them with folks looking for jobs, but also uh, the other way around. You know, the students and, and some folks look, uh, visiting Farm Science Review are also looking for new career opportunities. Well, and so much of what you guys do is rooted in education. And uh, while you be uh, rivals on the uh, football field and the basketball court, you guys work pretty closely with the folks at Purdue University to uh, put on uh, a host of educational programs. Yeah. That's right, Brandon. Uh, Purdue will have a few educators at the show site again this year presenting to our visitors at the show. We do get quite a bit of attendance out of Indiana, as well as, you know, that state up north Michigan brings quite a few folks down in the the agricultural world. Uh, Even other surrounding states and as far as away, we've had a lot of folks from even over to Washington State, all the way down to Florida, up up to Maine, um, you know, and all the way over to California. So everybody, uh, people from everywhere are coming to Farm Science Review. Um, main attendance, of course, being from the Midwest, Eastern Corn Belt. Uh, it, you know, the, the main crops being corn and soybeans and some livestock and dairy. But everything is pretty much represented at Farm Science Review in some way. And again, as we mentioned, uh, more than 700 exhibitors, uh, 4,000 product lines. So as you're uh, p- planning for your harvest this year, as you're planning for 2020, just so much, and I know uh, a lot of manufacturers uh, save up some of their new rollouts for this time of year, so you get to see just the latest and greatest in equipment and innovations. Yeah, and, and you know, it seems like the innovations just keep turning, and, and it happens. It's more than just an annual cycle, it seems like, anymore. So some of these products are being released throughout the year from all these different companies, uh, whether it's planting technology or, or new things in the harvesting world. Um, you know, we have and our field demonstration, several different combine companies from the manufacturers of the machines all the way to the aftermarket headers. Uh, There's a lot of things happening in in, in that space right now. Um, But, you know, we haven't even mentioned the technology with with drones or autonomous equipment even at this point. So, I mean, there's there's all these things and all these different companies. We we talk a lot about consolidations of businesses and manufacturers, uh, but then there's also a lot of startups too. It's just like the tech world where – you have the major uh, players in the, in the space, but then you also have these new startups, and, and they kind of find their niche, and uh, sometimes they get purchased as well, but at the same time, some of those companies flourish and do well on their own. Well, that's the exciting thing about it. Not only uh, do you get to uh, hear about these, but you get to get up close and personal with a lot of these technologies with some people that uh, w- will explain it to you on a you know, on layman's terms so you can uh, really walk away with a better understanding of ha- how they might be able to address some of the concerns that you have in your own operations. Uh, that's true. So we, we, with our field demonstrations, we obviously have some farmland there, and we, we own our own facility, so uh, we do the farming ourselves. We have a farm manager and a staff that does a great job with that. And they're always speaking and trying to have their latest and greatest possible. And we have some great partnerships with some folks in industry, some different manufacturing companies, and uh, our local dealers as well. It goes all the way to, uh, from the full spectrum. And 
um, we do a lot with those, and uh, we do a little bit of testing of some equipment for some, some companies and things like that and doing some uh, large-scale research projects. So there's a little bit of stuff happening out in the field that we don't get advertised a lot, but it uh, really is important to our operation and being on the cutting edge. Uh, you know, and, and some of those those new things are really exciting that we can be a part of. Again, if you want to check out the latest and greatest in equipment, technology, innovations, make sure you get out to the Farm Science Review, which is going to be held September 17th through the 19th, again, at the Molly Karen Agricultural Center in London, Ohio. Uh, what hours are, are you guys going to be open each day? Yep, so Tuesday and Wednesday, the 17th, 18th, we'll be open from 8 a.m. to uh, 5 p.m., and then Thursday is 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., and tickets are on sale now, pre-sale. You can get them a few dollars cheaper uh, by buying them online on our website. Um, and then also at uh, county extension offices across Ohio and some other uh, agribusinesses as well. And that website, if you want to check it out, is fsr.osu.edu. Again, fsr.osu.edu. Uh, pre-sale t- tickets are $7, $10 at the door, and children 5 and under are free. So make sure you get out there and go check those guys out, Farm Science Review, and uh, check out that website. Make sure you make yourself a plan. As uh, we've said with some of these other shows, make sure you wear comfortable shoes, be ready for a day of walking, and uh, just a day of enjoying the best that the industry has to offer. And, Nick, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us on Fast Line Fast Track, and we wish you the best of luck with the show. Great. Thanks, Brent. We look forward to seeing you there and all, all the other smiling faces from our great exhibitors like Fastline. So I appreciate all you do and, and uh, help us have a great show. Yeah, we definitely will be there. We will have a mobile studio there. Uh, so make sure if you're attending the show that you come and check us out. Stop by and say hi so we can get to know you and talk about you a bit and uh, and uh, learn more about your operations. So, again, that was Nick Zachrich, the Farm Science Review Manager. Back on Fast Line Fast Track, and I've got a special guest with me here. It's Terry Burkhardt, who's the Advertising Director for Allstate Ag Parts, based in Hudson, Wisconsin. Allstate is the largest supplier of used, new, and remanufactured tractor and combine parts in North America. They've got 12 locations around the country and a centralized distribution center, a big operation. Terry, we appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to join us on Fast Line Fast Track. Thank you. I appreciate it, uh, the opportunity to be here. Hey, so one of the things that, uh, that that we really wanted to dig in with you, and it's a question that I know you guys get asked all the time, is sales tax. How do you guys look at uh, handling sales tax, getting around uh, certain sales taxes with online purchases through all states ag parts? Yeah, um, sales tax for farm equipment and farm uh, supplies uh, and so forth have traditionally been tax exempt in most states. Um, A lot of those laws have changed. Uh, In June of 2018, there was a lawsuit uh, between Wayfair and the state of South Dakota, and the Supreme Court ruled that um, states can collect sales tax for um, product that you have shipped in from another state. So if you're buying from Amazon or, or our website or some other website, uh, previously, you wouldn't need to pay sales tax on that, uh, but those laws have changed, and they do, you do get charged sales tax on those now. Um, even though the product may be tax-exempt uh, in your state uh, until you fill out a sales tax exemption form, 
for that particular seller or that you're buying from, uh, you're going to get charged sales tax. So, um, you know, that's pretty significant. You know, it's around 6 7% in a lot of states. And, uh, you know, when you're buying high-dollar parts or even equipment, um, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So um, in most states, uh, you'll have to check with your local state to make sure how all of these apply uh, directly to you. But in general, uh, in most states, farm supplies are going to be tax-exempt. Um, parts uh, is our particular expertise, uh, and parts are, are going to be uh, exempt as well. Um, how we avoid that, um, it's real simple. If you uh, come into one of our stores, um, you simply have to fill out a tax exemption form and sign it that says uh, the, the product I'm buying is for farm use. Um, if you're buying online on our website, tractorpartsasap.com, um, then we have uh, the same form that you can fill out online and instantly become tax-exempt uh, at the time of the purchase. There's no waiting. You can shop on you know, Sunday night at 11 p- 8 p.m. and, and uh, become tax-exempt even though there's no all-state tax parts employees working. Um, so it's, we've made it as simple as we can. Once you complete that form the first time, um, then you don't have to complete it again. The next time you come in, uh, you'll just automatically be tax-exempt uh, from that point forward. Um, so it's, it's pretty simple. Uh, however, to the best of my knowledge, we are the only parts dealer um, that has, has made it possible for you to fill out that tax exemption online and become immediately exempt. Mm-hmm. So, and if folks are, again, if, uh, I'm sorry, if, yeah, if, if folks are listening to this, if folks are listening to this and they are, uh, they are interested in this, but they get down that road and find that there are any questions, I would imagine that you have folks uh, on hand that can walk them through the process. Yeah, we sure do. They're, uh, they're, they're trained. There's also a spot on our uh, website uh, under the help section. Uh, the title is, I'm a farmer. Why do I have to pay sales tax? And uh, it covers everything that I just spoke about and also gives you the link to the uh, exemption certificate for you to complete. So one of the other things that uh, we want to kind of shift gears and, and talk a little bit about today, uh, you, you guys do uh, de- deal in new and remand parts, but uh, uh, also in used parts. And, and, and I know uh, a lot of people in the industry ask this question quite frequently. Why used parts and, and why are they good for the environment? Well, they're, they're good for the environment in a lot of ways. Um, you know, so I'll just kind of go through the process of what happens when we purchase uh, a tractor for salvage. Um, the first thing that happens when it comes into our location, uh, we drain out all the fluids, the oils, the antifreeze, the battery, acid, um, any other fluids, hydraulic fluids, et cetera, that may be on that uh, tractor. And those are stored in uh, the proper containers uh, and then recycled um, with the vendor. Um, sometimes we have to pay to get those chemicals removed uh, because we don't have much secondary value. But uh, at least you know 
they're being disposed of uh, in an environmentally friendly way, and they're, they aren't just getting dumped on the ground. Uh, so that's the number one thing. We're keeping those uh, chemicals out of the uh, water supplies in, uh, in all of our locations. Um, the second biggest thing there is, um, you know, we're reusing parts. We're taking off uh, the parts that um, are good on that piece of equipment, you know, and reselling those, um, which obviously reuses the materials, keeps those resources uh, available for other new products. Um, it also saves you money. Um, uh, most of our used parts sell for about 50% of what the um, OEM dealer is going to sell them for, um, and we warranty them for a year. So um, getting those parts reused, recycled into the uh, into a new tractor also keeps you uh, keeps keeps a lot of tractors running that wouldn't be running otherwise. Um, you know, you got an older tractor, parts may not be available for it new or in the aftermarket. Um, environment. So uh, we're, we're keeping other tractors from hitting the uh, scrap pile um, by recycling the parts off the others. And then the final step, after we've taken off all of the good parts um, and have those available for resale, you know, there's going to be some parts that are left uh, that, that just are not uh, good for resale, the, the quality, they don't work anymore. Um, whatever the case may be, um, and then all of that, those parts are sent to a uh, metal recycling plant where they are put uh, back into production uh, for, for other things. So um, when, a, when a tractor or a combine goes through one of our salvage yards, you can count on, uh, first of all, anything that we dispose of is done in an environmentally friendly way, um, but secondly, we're also going to reuse uh, in some form or fashion uh, every piece of that tractor. So uh, nothing ends up going to waste uh, on a tractor that comes through one of our yards. Well, I tell you what, uh, this day and age where everybody is trying to find every kind of efficiency and cost savings they can, uh, be it through sales tax uh, savings or be it through uh, uh, be, being smart with how you buy your parts, uh, these are all really important. So if you're in the market uh, for, for parts, uh, give them that website again so they can go check you guys out. Yeah, it's uh, tractorpartsasap.com. Uh, uh, tractor parts with an ASAP on the end.com, or you can give us a call at uh, 877-530-4430, and that will connect you to one of our uh, 12 locations. Well, go check them out, All States Ag Parts and Terry Burkhart. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time to join us on Fast Line Fast Track, and we hope you'll come back and share more of this wisdom with us on a future episode. All right. I look forward to it. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you. Back on Fast Line Fast Track, and I've got with me Ron Stock, who is the co-owner and founder and co-CEO of Big Iron Online Auctions, and more recently, Big Iron Realty. And Ron, welcome to Fast Line Fast Track. Hey, good to see you. 
Man, so uh, you guys uh, are a big presence at the, the farm shows here, like Farm Progress 2019, and uh, have made quite a name in helping folks get through some really difficult times. I mean, we try to accentuate the positives here on Fast Line, Fast Track, but uh, other cases, there's sometimes where farmers find themselves in a position where uh, they need to liquidate, they need to get rid of equipment, they need some fast cash, and uh, that's where you guys can bring in your expertise and, and do it in a way that uh, can make everybody feel like they're coming out a winner. That's right. Uh, we, we get out there in the country and meet with the farmers and make it so easy for them. Uh, we take the pictures, we write the descriptions, uh, we explain the whole process, we help the buyer uh, load the machinery, arrange for loadout, uh, and we, we like to say it's so simple, we don't even ask you to write us a check. Mm -hmm. Our fees are come out of proceeds of sale. Uh, it's just uh, it can't be any easier. We have we have meetings every uh, week to talk about how we can make the process any easier. Mm -hmm. And uh, about how many auctions do you guys handle in a year? Uh, we're doing uh, over five thousand sellers, uh, and we did last year. We did uh, well into the. 150 retirement sales this year we're going to probably go over 200 retirement sales mm -hmm. so uh back in uh 19 late 1990s we were doing 150 traditional auctions mm -hmm. uh where we set up the machinery and we have all the people come and uh, sell the equipment and uh last year we did two wow. so it's really transitioned fast to the online auction uh from the traditional sale when we were trying to decide what to call an online auction, we were calling the traditional sale live auction and online auction, on, online auction, live auction. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're, they're, both, they're both live. So we call the traditional auction traditional and the online auction live. So uh, you're now one of the only auction companies out there that uh, offers uh, no buyer premiums and no reserves and uh, you really focus on transparency. Yes, we, uh, we don't believe in, uh, in uh, charging the buyer's, uh, buyer's premium. In fact, we call it a buyer's penalty. A premium is what you ask a uh, seventh grader uh, when he shows a calf at the county fair. You ask the bidders and the buyers to pay that young man or young lady a premium. Uh, penalty is what you charge a buyer when he bids. Uh, you basically poke him in the eye with a stick out of the computer and say, oh, that's going to cost you, that's going to cost you. We keep all the emphasis on the machinery. Mm -hmm. uh, we have no buyer's penalty. Uh, and we also are very transparent. We uh, allow our buyers to talk to our sellers. And so they have a lot of confidence uh, when they're bidding. Uh, they also ask them, uh, you know, will you help me pick it up? And they kind of build a relationship with that. So we offer lien-free uh, when you buy uh, lien-free lean equipment. When you buy something on a big iron auction, you're not going to have a banker call you up or a sheriff call you up two years from now and say, hey, that still has a $5,000 lien on it. you got to write a check. Uh, we make sure it's lien-free, and we, we back that. So uh, uh, we've tried to think of everything. Obviously, you can't think of everything, but we, uh, we constantly are thinking of ways we can make the process easier. Mm -hmm. So if I'm a farmer or rancher and, and I'm listening to this and uh, it's intriguing to me and I know there's stuff that, that for one reason or another I need to get rid of, what are some of the things that I should be thinking through going into the process? Well, what you want to do is uh, get the machinery out of the weeds and uh, we like to take the pictures in front of a machine shed if you have one. Uh, it puts the message to the buyer that this, uh, 
this guy took care of his stuff. Uh, if you can clean it up, uh, if you can't clean it up, if you're not able to physically do that, we can arrange for that for you. Uh, sometimes we'll put cab kits in the tractors. We've had people, uh, farmers tell us, I wish I would have had you guys do this for me five years ago so I could have enjoyed that tractor with that nice uh, wax coat on it and that nice cab kit in it years ago. But uh, So we tried to uh, take the pictures in a fashion that it shows uh, all the good and bad about it. Mm -hmm. If we see an oil leak on the tractor, we will go ahead and uh, take pictures of that oil leak. Uh, if we see there's a bend in the auger, uh, we take pictures of that. We think the uh, pictures that show the bad with the equipment build trust with our buyer base. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, you know they're gonna see it when they get it anyway. They're gonna see, see the way it looks when it shows up on their place. And uh, most people do not come and look at the equipment. So it's important to us that we take every possible opportunity to take those pictures to show the good, the bad, and the, and the ugly. Sure. So if I'm listening to this and um, I'm still intrigued, uh, where do I go to check out auctions and where do I go to investigate uh, possibly doing one myself? I tell you, the easiest way is to get online. Uh, a lot of the retiring farmers we, uh, we have sales for don't even own a computer. You do not need to own a computer to do business with Big Iron. Uh, you can call our uh, 800 number, uh, and you can also go uh, have your wife go online and uh, dial up Big Iron. And I would recommend going there on, on a few Wednesdays and watching uh, the sale in progress because uh, the best way to learn it is to watch it. And then we have friendly reps on the ground, uh, independent reps that are uh, located in your county. So you just call up Big Iron and say, I'm in this county, and we will send the rep out, and there's going to be no pressure. That rep's going to go through the, the paperwork, show you the process. He's not going to ask you to sign anything that day. He is going to be absolutely no pressure, uh, just trying to help you uh, with the decision. The decision is the hardest part. Mm -hmm. uh, once you make a decision to sell, our sellers tell us that that ended up just the pressure went off. It was hard for me to sell my 4020 that I bought brand new in 1969, but once I made the decision to sell it, it got better. And it's kind of fun. You get to talk to the buyer who buys your 4020 and see where it's going, and you'll have his name and number. And if you miss your tractor, you just go there. Uh, average piece of machinery in on Big Iron uh, is now over 400 miles. So when you sell something on Big Iron, it's probably going to go around 400 miles away, mm -hmm. which uh, take a map and draw a 400-mile circle around something. That's uh, covering a pretty big path. Uh -huh. and, and is your footprint coast to coast these days? Our footprint is coast to coast. We sell machinery to foreign countries. Uh, and we'll help arrange it, uh, you know, get the machinery to the coast, take it apart, put it in an overseas container, and uh, away it goes. Surprisingly enough, uh, farmers are intrigued to find out that it does not cost that much money to put something in an overseas container or combine and send it over. It's about $3,000 freight uh, over the pond, so uh, most people think it'd be higher than that. Sure. But uh, we do sell a lot of equipment, of course, to Canada and Mexico, but uh, a lot of it goes overseas. and. Uh, Obviously, most of our machinery sells uh, to in the in the greater United States, uh, but you can go on our website and look at some of our maps, the coverage we got. And uh, folks, I'm humbled about the whole thing as one of the co-owners of it out of a little town of 700 people. It just goes show the power of the internet. Uh, but our whole goal is to give everybody a great service, and uh, that's what we're really shooting for. So you mentioned an 800 number earlier. What's that number? It used to be 800. We sell eight. Now we've got the numbers 800-937-3558. Uh, 
Okay. So 800-937-3558. It spells out We Sell 8. Years ago, that was important. My dad had a whole list of all the 800 numbers in every business, and every farmer had the 800 numbers. And nowadays, people we'll tell them an 800 number and they say you got to i just put it on my i just dial it up on my cell phone they don't need an 800 number but it's 800-937-3558 and that website for, for the folks www.bigiron.com uh, we also have a realty side of the company we're selling farms in seven states we've got some land we're selling at uh, Terre Haute coming up on uh, Thursday September 19th we sold a, uh, a machinery line for a farmer in the area him and his wife, and they were so impressed and so happy that the machinery added up to way more than they thought. They said, would you guys please sell my land online? So we were here promoting that at Big Iron Realty as well. 1,600 acres, 1,600 acres, selling in nine tracks. Uh, bidding opens here right after the holiday, and you'll be able to bid for two weeks on that. It's uh, uh, cropland and pivot-irrigated cropland, which uh, not too much of that in the area, but this has got some uh, center pivots on it. So call me if you have any questions on that i'm handling that personally uh my number uh i guess just call that 800 number and the secretarials will reroute you to my to my mobile phone gotcha well uh, we want you to go check them out at bigiron.com again that's bigiron.com and ron stock we appreciate you taking the time to join us on fast sign fast track hey thank you very much appreciate the opportunity Back on Fast Line, Fast Track, the Farm Progress Show 2019 in Decatur, Illinois. I've got a special guest with me. It's Brent Smith, who's the Vice President of Marketing and Innovation for Nutrient Ag Solutions. And Brent, welcome to Fast Line, Fast Track. Hey, thanks, Brent. Glad to be here with you. And uh, yeah, it's been a, a great couple of days here at, at Farm Progress, and we're just excited to be in central Illinois. Um, we have uh, a new acquisition we did this year with Van Horn, um, who's a great uh, 10 locations in Illinois, and we're glad to have them part of the Nutrient Ag Solutions family. So we're right in our backyard here. Uh -huh. And you guys have a huge presence. Tell us a bit about the footprint of the company. Yeah, so Nutrient Ag Solutions is the largest global retailer. We've got 1,700 locations in seven countries. About 850 of those locations are in the U.S. And so we've been uh, in business in the U.S. for decades now and uh, and really proud of, uh, of all of our employees and the relationships that we have um, with about 500,000 growers uh, globally. And one of the things that uh, you like to focus on is an open platform digital portal, which is a platform of collaboration that strengthens the trusted advisor relationship between Nutrien and the growers, enabling them to optimize decision-making throughout the season. You could tell us a bit about how that works. So we've been on this digital journey for about two years now, and, and that's just one area of innovation that we're, we're placing some big bets. And these are long-term bets and investments in, in ourselves, but also in our growers and and being able to help them become um, long-term sustainable farmers and pass the farm on to the next generation. Digital for us is really not about replacing a traditional relationship. The most important thing that we have as Nutrient Ag Solutions is that local local relationship with, with our employees and our customers and our communities. But what digital does for us is it gives tools to our employees, gives tools to our growers to be able to make 
better decisions to be more efficient in in their operations and ultimately become more profitable. And so it's adding multiple dimensions to what was sort of a one-dimensional relationship before. Uh-huh. And that continues to build, and I understand that uh, the, the, there's going to be many things that are going to come online by uh, around the 1st of October this year. Yeah, so we're, we're excited. We've Digital uh, investing, you know, we've invested tens of millions of dollars into this over the last couple of years, and it's a very iterative process. And so we're doing launches sort of continuously throughout the year. Next month, we'll be launching our farm planning tool, and this is really a groundbreaking thing, which is, you know, farm planning is what starts the season for a grower. And so this is putting the whole farm plan down um, onto a piece of paper they can take to their bank, do whatever. It's going to be a very unique um, way of doing farm planning. So we'll be launching that in the next month. We'll also be launching our um, app. So our digital portal today has been online, um, but we'll be launching the mobile-friendly version here in the next month as well. And, and as we talk so much here on Fastline Fast Track, it's all about reducing input costs and trying to maximize yield, maximize ROI, and this is right in that wheelhouse. Yeah, and that's exactly what we're trying to do is, is again, be able to use information, insights, and analytics to make better decisions to reduce your input costs, maximize what your return is. Farming is a, is a hard business, and um, and what we're trying to do is, is help our employees, but also help mainly our customers um, be long-term sustainable and, and be long-term partners with them. So I'm sure a lot of people are listening to this saying, yes, uh, we, we, we get that. And th- there's so much out there in terms of data. So many companies are doing so many different things. How do you say what you're doing sets you apart from your competition? Yeah, Brent, that's a great question. And so because we're a retailer and we have direct relationships with growers, and we have the widest um, variety of inputs and services to provide, we're kind of in the in the sweet spot to be able to connect a lot of these dots for our customers, whereas a lot of other people in the digital space might be uh, more upstream or, you know, one time removed from the relationship with the grower and focused either on crop protection or on digital or on irrigation. We're trying to bring all of those things together. And again, that's why it's so important to get the farm plan um, and so we can understand what the, the objectives are for that farm and then start bringing all the different tools, whether it's a digital tool or it's soil mapping or um, it's bringing in innovative technologies and products um, to optimize fertility management as a um, as an example. Or how can we bring in sustainability? And we think about sustainability a little bit differently as our company and bring all of those things together for our customer. And so I think we truly have a unique experience and a deliverable that no one really else, it, no one else can really deliver. And if you're not totally familiar with Nutrien, uh, tune in on Saturdays to the uh, NASCAR Xfinity Series. They have partnered with uh, driver Ross Chastain and also some with uh, Elliot Sadler this year. Um, what's that partnership been like? Well, Elliot and Ross are both great. Elliot is, he's come out of retirement for two races with us this year, and then I think he will certainly be done and retired. But Elliot has been great to work with, and, you know, he's got a row crop farm in Virginia, so very relatable. Ross is an eighth-generation watermelon farmer from Florida, um, and he's fantastic. He's an up-and-coming driver, um, 26 years old, and he's been running, uh, he'll run five races for us this year. He loves to talk racing, but he really 
really loves to talk farming. And, you know, his dad, his uncle, his cousin, his brother are running that farm down in Florida, and he tries to get back there as much as he can. So they're great ambassadors for our brand and what we're trying to do as becoming ag retailer of the future, and, and they're doing a great job. So if folks want to know more about what Nutrient has to offer, where do they go? So they can go to NutrientAgSolutions.com or for the digital portal, it's my, M-Y, dot NutrientAgSolutions.com. Gotcha. And again, that's N-U-T-R-I-E-N, Ag Solutions. So make sure you go check those guys out. And Brent Smith, I tell you what, it's been a pleasure spending a little time with you today. Yeah, thank you so much for coming out. It's a beautiful day. Enjoy the day. Back on Fast Line Fast Track from the Farm Progress Show 2019, and I'm with Benji Vandegreen, who is a, a director of sales for Demco out of Boyden, Iowa. And Benji, we talked down at uh, uh, Commodity Classic in Orlando back in uh, February, but it's great to see you again. Yeah, thank you very much. Always glad to be back here at the Farm Progress Show. We come every year, and this year just happens to be our 55th year as Demco, and so we're really excited to celebrate that as well. We're a family-owned company in our third generation of ownership, so we remain very focused in the agricultural industry and continue to provide products that our customers are asking for. So for us to come here, it's really important because we get a chance to speak with the customers who use our products, get their feedback from them, and and take that information back to our factory and kind of help us decide where we're going in the future. So you have trailers and sprayers, and we're standing in the shadows of some really impressive grain carts here. Yes, we have two new models that we introduced late last year. They're called the 1322 and 1122 grain carts. And they're a little bit different in that they have two augers in them, so an auger in the bottom and then the unload auger. And what we're trying to achieve here and listening to our customers over the years is provide a grain cart here for the customers that need something that's more narrow for transport, something that's not quite so tall, so we have good clearance with a combine auger, and something that's easy to operate and efficient for the harvest operation. So this grain cart has a 22-inch unload auger. You know, max unload capacity on this is just over two minutes. You can unload the whole cart. Uh, The auger reaches forward, so your operator of your grain cart can see what he's doing very easily. And also, the spout rotates, and the entire auger can move up and down. So if you're harvesting on a windy day and you're concerned about the grain being caught by the wind, you can lower it. Or if you have different height trailers, you have that adjustment ability with this. Um, So it unloads very quickly. It's easy to operate. And with that, we have a pendant-grip controller that the operator has with them. So at the tip of their thumb, they can control all the auger functions. So it's, again, very easy to operate. So uh, if folks want to know more about Demco and the products that you sell, where can they go? You can go to our website, which is demco-products.com, or our 800 number is 1-800-543-3626. Excellent. Again, that's Benji Vandegreen with Demco. And Benji, we appreciate you taking the time to join us on Fast Line Fast Track. Thank you very much.
Back on Fast Sign, Fast Track, and we've got a special guest with us here. It's Eric Raby, who is the president and general manager of sales for Kloss. And Eric, welcome to Fast Sign, Fast Track. Thank you, and welcome to the Farm Progress Show. We appreciate it. Farm Progress 2019 and kicked off this morning bright and early with a, uh, a media breakfast here that Kloss hosted where they unveiled some new products, some really innovative stuff. And if you could, Eric, just take me through uh, just the highlights of, of what you guys uh, introduced here at the show today. Absolutely, absolutely. So some of the things, we'll start with the uh, smaller ones first, is some new baler hay tools, a new fixed chamber round baler, the Roland, uh, a new pull-type disc mower conditioner that we're extremely excited about. And then we move on to the forage harvesters. On the forage harvester side, we introduced a new forage harvester, uh, now a whopping 925 horsepower with tracks. Uh, so we're very excited about that. And then to round things up, uh, we had the new launch of our Axion 800 and Axion 900 series. So the Axion 800 series goes from 180 to 300 horsepower, and the Axion 900 series takes off from there 300 horsepower up to 440. And then finally, rounding things out, we launched the new Lexian Combine series. A full range of combines and headers from a class six to a class 10. Uh, one of the things that people notice first is we have uh, changed the color on that machine to now match all of our other implements. So we've uh, changed that from yellow to now the uh, Kloss trademark of seed green. So we're really excited. And in the product uh, explanations today, which were so well done by all the different uh, folks who, who broke down what was going on there, um, it, it was pointed out that uh, it took a little longer to get those heads to market because you put some extra thought into it, a little extra innovation. Could you talk a bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I think if you take a look at the combine and also the headers that go on the combine, uh, it represents the single longest uh, period of research and development, field test and validation of any product we've ever had. And the reason that's so important, obviously we get excited and want to get the product out to the field, but if we get out to the field and then say, oh, we have an issue or we're not able to support it, then we really haven't gained anything, we've actually lost time. So we would rather spend more time on the development and the testing and the validation to make sure that everything that we assume is still correct and it works properly. So, you know, they say that uh, with good, you know, in, in good time, things will, will always be delivered. And that's kind of a mantra that we live by is to make sure that we don't do it quickly, we do it correctly. So this is an interesting time to be bringing some of these products to market. What about your intel tells you this is the right time in North America to really be making a big push to go head-to-head -head with some of your competitors? Well, I think a couple things. Number one, we want to set ourselves apart. Um, and, and not necessarily go head-to-head -head because what we're looking for is not just the product. Obviously, that's the shiny bits that gets everybody excited. But we see the sale of a new piece of a machinery is only the transaction that then starts the relationship. So we want to talk about parts. We want to talk about service. And most importantly, we want to talk about quantifiable differentiation of the machines that really shows the operator you know, what they're doing while they're harvesting. But at the end of the day, they're also finding out what advantages that gave to to them from a dollars and cents standpoint. So one of the things that was talked about today was the mission of Be Bright. Could you talk about that? Obviously, I'd love to. Uh, Be Bright, certainly when people see the sea green color on the machines and the first thing they say is, wow, that's really bright. Well, that's true, but let's have a deeper conversation. What does bright mean? Well, it means clarity or it means, you know, the future is so bright, you know, I got to wear shades. <laughs> but it, it, we get to have then conversations about what does bright mean? It's, it's, it's brighter solutions. It's a brighter outlook on the future. And, and really that definition then becomes uh, 
I would say, owned by the individual that sees bright in this way for their operation, and another individual might see it another way. But again, it's showing clarity uh, and, and looking at opportunities. Well, Klaus is bringing to the market so many innovative new products, and it's, uh, if you haven't checked them out lately, you need to check them out. If they want to, uh, to, to dig deeper and, and get more information on this, where do they go? Absolutely. So, a couple places. First, you can go to Klaus.com. That's C-L-A-A-S.com. Um, you can also go by your local Klaus dealer. Our dealer locator is on the uh, website. And Eric Raby, we appreciate you taking the time to join us today on Fast Line Fast Track. It was my pleasure. Back on Fast Line Fast Track from the Farm Progress Show 2019, and we've got a really special treat for you now. It is Jeremy Holm, who is one of the stars of the film Silo, uh, which was uh, created uh, to, to really draw attention to safety on the farm, especially around grain bins, silos. Uh, the, the story deals with a tragedy, but it is also a, a wake-up call. That's right. You know, I don't think the people who buy their food in the supermarkets in big cities in the coast really understand what the American farmer is doing for this country and, and the plight that they're going through right now. It's not easy to be a farmer right now. And I'm hopeful that this film can sort of shed some light on that. I'm hopeful that the film can maybe save a few young men from, from dying in a grain bin. The film dramatizes an actual event that happened in Mount Carroll, Illinois uh, in 2010 where two young men lost their lives. And it's an entirely preventable thing that, that happens. You know, people go into grain bins by themselves. They go in without a harness. And that's kind of when these accidents happen. They have a great uh, cast, great cinematographer. And really, it's exciting to share a depiction of real American farmers and, the, you know, the struggles they're up against. So when you read the script for this, uh, I imagine you were uh, on board from the get-go. Well, you know, I was thinking of my grandmother. I stayed with her in the panhandle of Nebraska, in Scottsbluff, Nebraska. When I was young, I'd, I'd stay with her in the summer. And after my spelling test every morning, uh, she, we'd go out and weed the garden. She'd tell me all about her days potato farming and, and her days working on the farm. She ended up being an English teacher and a principal of a high school in, in Scottsbluff. But she lived the life of a farmer until she was 40. And so when I read the script, I knew that if I accepted the role, I had a responsibility that I maybe wasn't up for, but I knew I had to do it anyway. And I'm just re I'm really proud of the film. I'm really proud of the American farmer. And maybe this is a little way to thank those farmers and to thank, you know, the fire firemen and the volunteer responders who try to save people from these, these accidents. And I'm talking to you right after Easton Corbin played a very impactful song from the film. And I was kind of watching you during that. This is uh, kind of an emotional thing here. Yeah, I mean, he is such... I've never seen him live. What a treat. And, you know, he was gracious enough to call us all out and introduce himself before he sang today, which is the mark of a, a true professional and a truly good person. The song is impactful. It really is about people who live off the land work on the land and understand the land and it's it's a beautiful song i hope everybody will check it out it's uh the only life i know it's on spotify and easton corbin just kills it it's wonderful so if folks want to know more about the silo film where can they go uh, silofilm.com 
Uh, they can check it out. We're trying to, we're, we're not marketing this the normal way. We're not opening in theaters. If you think you'd like this film in your town, watch the trailer. And if you do like it, we'll bring it to your town and we'll have a community event. We want this movie to be about community and to be about bringing those communities back together. So if you want it in your town, we'll come to your town, we'll show it. That's a beautiful thing, so go check it out. Uh, and uh, Jeremy, we appreciate you taking the time to join us on Fast Line, Fast Track. Brent, it's a pleasure. Nice to meet you, man. Thank you. Back on Fast Line, Fast Track, and uh, it's the new segment I know you're looking forward to. It's our buddy Colt Barber, back of the barn with Colt Barber is what we've settled on to call this segment here. We've kicked around some ideas and uh, back of the barn. So whether you're a farmer or a rancher, you can relate to it. And uh, either way, we hope you'll listen to it. Colt, welcome on in to Fast Line, Fast Track. Hey, buddy. How you doing this morning? Good to be with you. Oh, man, I'm doing awesome. And I can tell you, uh, I know you're burning up the roads this time of year. You've got so much going on uh, uh, with uh, with the rodeos and with the concerts, but uh, you also have your ear close to the ground in the ag industry. Yeah, yeah, man. We, uh, we're we keeping up with what's going on. Uh, agriculture is a big part of my life, and uh, so we're keeping things rolling. Uh, in fact, the other day I heard uh, a group of farmers trying to urge Congress to pass that USMCA. So they, uh, they did a song. They spoofed the village people, YMCA, uh, which I thought was hilarious, to try to get uh, all our politicians to pass pass the bill. So um, farmers are getting getting uh, getting their song on with a little bit of a spoof on YMCA. Well, I tell, I tell you, we've been uh, we've talked about USMCA so much with, with different uh, farm economists and. Uh, and other people who have have really had a close eye on that. This thing is uh, uh, going into almost a year, uh, you know, since there was an agreement in principle uh, with Mexico and Canada, but it's really been stalled out in Congress. So it's going to be interesting to see where that heads. Yeah, it really will. And there's so much, uh, the politicians, you know, it's been stalled out. And and I'm hoping that they'll they'll move on this and... uh, get some traction going so everybody can decide where where they're going to fall and where it's going to be but uh, as it has looked uh, so far I think it's going to be one of those things that's going to be held up for a while. Yeah, well, and it's a tough deal, too, because you also have trade uh, negotiations on, on, on many fronts. You're talking about China. Uh, you know, we just uh, reached an agreement in principle with Japan. Uh, you've still got India hanging out there. And uh, it will be interesting to see uh, now, now you're starting to tick down towards the end of the year and you're starting to get toward another election cycle, uh, what, what kind of movement we'll have here. So we'll have to stay tuned on that front. Absolutely. And all eyes will be upon... Uh, the decisions that are being made for sure. You, you know, something else I know as you uh, consult with different folks in the agriculture industry here is we're getting into kind of a tropical uh, season, uh, this pattern, uh, you know, here, here recently with Hurricane Dorian. Now we've got uh, some other uh, cyclones starting to spin up and, and the possibility of uh, more hurricane weather uh, over the next month or so. Uh, but in other parts, uh, you're hearing about a lot of dryness out in the field. Yeah, I've uh, been talking to farmers this week, and uh, we got a lot of areas that need rain. Um, the, there's not been a lot. Of course, good for corn, uh, corn harvest. You know, those guys are liking it because they get that corn out of the ground. But a lot of the ranchers and the farmers who have cattle and horses and livestock, uh, they're feeling the uh, the heat, so to speak, uh, without the rain. But you know, some of the folks have gotten plenty off of off of the hurricanes, and 
the fronts that are coming through, and some people need it. So, uh, good Lord, just decides where He's going to put it for now. We just uh, we just sit and wait and, and hang on to at least decides to bless the rest of us. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, uh, uh, you guys are burning up the roads right now here. Uh, I understand you've got a big event coming up in Buffalo, Texas, the Buffalo yeah. Stampede coming up here soon. Yeah, but we're real excited. Uh, the twenty first, uh, we'll be down in Buffalo, Texas for the Buffalo Stampede. Uh, we'll be there with Picket Rodeo Company, and it's going to be a great time. We're looking forward uh, to a lot of rodeo action and then a great concert for all the rodeo fans. So if you're around about in the area uh, within driving distance, make sure you make your way out to the Buffalo Stampede, and uh, we, me and the band will see you guys there. And I can tell you, we just did the uh, the rodeo down in Tennessee here a couple of weeks ago, and, and Cole puts on just an amazing performance, and it really resonates with the with the rodeo crowd playing just uh, awesome traditional, uh, true country music. And uh, it was exciting for me to see uh, just uh, how those packed grandstands reacted to uh, the music that you and your band brings. Yeah, but we 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 love playing music, and we love the rodeo. Uh, crowd in the farm community and we really uh connect with with the folks and and our music portrays that life and uh, we're excited to be at doing another rodeo and meeting even more fans and uh, looking forward to a, a great time and a great concert well again uh, colt uh, if folks want to check you out uh o- online uh, where, where do they go to check you out uh, go to coltbarber.com that's colt with a k and then of course all the socials which is instagram facebook and twitter uh, that's Colt Barber with a K. Yeah, make sure you go check him out. Uh, check out that schedule, and if he's coming to a town near you, make sure you get there. And uh, also, we're going to be loading some of his music onto the Spotify playlist, Fast Line Fast Track Spotify playlist that we have that features past, current, and upcoming guests of the show. So look for some of his music there. But uh, otherwise, we'll, Colt, we'll check back in with you from the road here on the next episode of Fast Line Fast Track. Sounds awesome. Thank you so much, Brent. Uh, look forward to speaking to you again. And uh, you're doing a great job, and keep up good work. I appreciate it, and the same back to you. Again, that's Colt Barber, and back of the barn with Colt. Next up, we take you to the legendary Ernest Tubb Records shop in Nashville, Tennessee, where we hear from recording artist Brandon Maddox. His current single, Drive Me to Drink, is at Country Radio, and it's on the heels of a feel-good song, Good Side. He's currently touring the South and the Midwest, and you can find out more about him at brandonmaddoxmusic.com. Brandon, welcome into the podcast. Thank you very much, Brent. Man, so uh, you are uh, getting ready to put out a new single called Drive Me to Drink. Uh, you you uh, are following up uh, a single that uh, has made some noise here in Good Side. Tell me what uh, 2018 was like for you. It was a great year. Uh, it was Good Side did really well. It got about 14,000 spins on land radio and uh, even more on Internet. But uh, great things. We played a lot of shows. One show that we played as an opener uh, in 2018, we're going to be playing as headliners as a full band uh, this year for 2019. Super. And which show is that? That was up in uh, Vesta, Minnesota, Vesta River Days. So uh, you've been uh, uh, in Nashville uh, applying your trade here for about a decade now. Tell me what you've learned over that time and uh, what, what keeps you motivated? What keeps driving you? 
Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, it's uh, I've learned that it's not all about the song, as NSAI says. It's uh, you want to have a great song, but you also have have to have great marketing, and you also have to have uh, some dollars to put into marketing. So I've learned a lot uh, over the past ten years about that. It's very hard to keep a band together. It's one of the hardest things about the music industry is keeping a band together because you got to have the money to pay the guys. Um, so there's uh, there's a whole lot of things to it, more business than creative, that goes into the whole thing. And uh, things have changed even in the past decade about the music business, and uh, it always has since probably the 60s and 70s. And that said, uh, what, what really drives you? What, what still excites you, gets you up in the morning, uh, you know, doing it a decade later? Fans do. I'd say that the fans are the biggest proponent. We've got fans that drive eight hours to come see us at different shows, and they keep it going. They keep the excitement alive for it. One of them is going to be coming all the way from Minnesota to Florida, renting out a um, uh, place for us to stay and just to hang out with them. They just want to hang out down there. And uh, so that, you know, them enjoying the songs, seeing the songs, the original music, uh, I guess, bring smiles to people's faces and uh, see it resonate with different people is... uh, is what drives me and keeps me going. Mm-hmm. One of the cool things on your resume, the 2014 Monster Truck Artist of the Year. Tell me how all that came together and uh, uh, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, in 2013, at the end of 2013, uh, Reba McIntyre's band leader and keyboard player who had done a couple of uh, albums production for me, he said, I wanna, I'd want to. i like to be part of all your future projects. And he said, I've got this opportunity to, uh, to be the Monster Truck Artist of the Year. We have the song that's being picked out for that, and I think your voice would really fit that song well. So uh, he said, would you like to come down and lay your vocal on top of it once you've practiced it? I said, absolutely. So it's sort of an um, auditionary process, and I went down to his house. We laid down the uh, vocal over top the track, and uh, it wound up being between me and another band, and the other band uh, ended up being the ones to not be selected. I ended up being selected for the job. And uh, what, what, what do you feel like that did for your career? I think that probably puts you on the radar in, in some circles. It did, and it also taught me a lot. Uh, that's probably the biggest thing that I uh, had from that experience is um, I was afraid that if I hit the road as uh, a nationally touring act, because I'd always done local shows up to that point, that um, it would be very taxing economically. Mm-hmm. Uh, there wouldn't be uh, it'd be, I'd be bleeding money basically by that. But, uh, I realized that, uh, I could book shows all around the monster truck shows, which they did not pay anything, uh, that I wanted to, uh, make sure that I didn't lose any money on the trip. And I wound up actually making money on the whole monster truck thing, made lots of fans in different areas of the country. Um, people would, uh, come by the, um, by the booth there at the monster truck rallies and they would be like oh i can't believe you're that guy that sings boys around here and uh you know they would end up buying all the albums thinking i was blake shelton or something <laughs> it was uh, quite a quite an experience so uh and you had a chance to open up for for blake yes. uh, before tell, tell our listeners a little bit about uh, some of the other folks that you've had a chance to work with or open up for over the years yeah brett eldridge was another um I had known Brett since about 2008. He was making his rounds in, in Nashville, and um, and he I thought he had a wonderful voice. I saw him performing at Fuel in, I don't know, 2008 or 2009. And, um, and that's when I connected with him and said, man, I really enjoyed your performance. You know, if you'd like to write sometime. 
he wasn't signed at that point. He was just working with some big people. And, um, and a few years later, a couple years later, I had management. And uh, the management, um, I told him, I've got this opportunity to play the Colorado State Fair. Didn't even know that Brett Eldridge was going to be uh, part of that at that point. I said, but it's going to cost $500, and I don't want to enter it and then have to pay for lodging and all the other costs that go with it. So if you want me to do this, I'm not going to be the one paying for it. And he said, uh, I'll pay for it for you. And he bought the whole thing, paid for the, the plane flight and the whole shebang. And then, as luck would have it, I actually got to go on right before uh, Brett Eldridge and open for him on the same stage. And it was just uh, it was really a luck of the draw thing and, and just all worked out. And I couldn't ask for a better scenario of luck to hit me that I get to uh, to open for him. Now, one of the coolest things that uh, you and Meredith do uh, when you're home and you have the time uh, on Mondays, you, you usually sit down for at least a half hour, 45 minutes, and uh, uh, take some requests via social media and uh, kind of dig into the archives a little bit and, and, and do some of your music. You do some covers of some really great cl- uh, uh, traditional country music. Uh, t- tell us a little bit about who some of, of your influences are, the guys that uh, w- when you're not singing your own music that you like to go and and, uh, and revisit uh, some of their hits. Yeah. Well, it ranges from country and rock. So uh, one of my biggest influences, I taught myself guitar when I was 11 or 12 out of Beatles books. And I'd look in the back of them, look at the chord charts. So the Beatles were a rock and roll influence for me. Uh, Marty Robbins, big country influence of mine from uh, just his storytelling ability, all the old ballad Western uh, songs. Uh, Hank Williams, obviously. Um, and then uh, some Merle Haggard. Um, then Brad Paisley is a huge influence of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, around 2001, 2002, or somewhere in that vicinity, he was inducted into the Grand Ole Opry. And watching that at that time, uh, I, it was he was kind of like a bridge between country and rock for me because I like the old country, but when Achy Breaky Heart and all that uh, pop style country came out in the 80s, it kind of turned me against country. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really like it at that point. So I uh, really had to hear something to draw me back into it. And, of course, I heard Hank, uh, Hank Jr. sing Country Boys Can Survive, and that was a great song, and mm. that kind of drew me in a little bit. And then seeing Brad Paisley was yeah. like the kicker. And when he says he uh, goes back to some of that traditional country, uh, you may be one of the first guys that I've ever seen uh, uh, go out in, in a small venue live show and do Johnny Horton. Yes, uh huh. That's awesome. <laughs> I like to throw that one in there because yeah. uh, it's 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 unusual. It gets people's attention if they're talking or whatever, and you're starting going, you know, one, two, three, four, and doing all the army stuff. You can do that kind of obnoxiously and loud, and it gets people's attention. Uh huh. Another one of the cool things that, uh, that that you and Meredith do when you're on the road and uh, you have the opportunity and you're, you're in a spot that, uh, that you can do that, uh, you spend a lot of time going into uh, children's hospitals. Tell, tell us a little bit about how that got started and, and what that means to you to be able to do that. Yes. So Meredith uh, actually had leukemia as a child, and so she's a cancer survivor. When I learned that story about, um, you know, that she was, in fact, a cancer survivor when uh, we were first dating, uh, my heart really went out to that. Um, it wasn't until maybe a year or two later that Meredith mentioned, you know, I stayed in Ronald McDonald House. Maybe we could get aligned with a charity that we uh, can support. And uh, so I started calling up Ronald McDonald Houses, and I had the Monster Truck Press uh, from the guy that he had, had done that Monster Truck Press release, and I shotgunned it to different Ronald McDonald Houses that we were going into those towns and playing the bars in those towns. Mm-hmm. So I figured if... Um, you know, we go by there and we can, uh, you know, 
bring smiles to those kids and those families, then that would be a, a great thing to do while we're out there anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, Brandon, I tell you what, man, we sure do appreciate you taking the time to join us here at uh, Ernest Tubb Record Shop here at the legendary stage. Uh, uh, we're going to wrap up the interview and uh, let you and Meredith get set up, and uh, we're going to hear some of this great music from you. Again, this is Brandon Maddox here on Fast Line, Fast Track. Best foot forward, but what the hell did I step into? 
You and I are like fire and ice Up is down and black is white The only reason we make up Is to start another fight I don't get behind the wheel With Jack Daniels riding shoddy Watch Netflix kick back and chill when I've had a few hot toddies. I hate to say you make me crazy, but you bring me to the brink. I don't drink and drive, but you drive me to drink. It's a tug of war, we both want more, a love we love to hate. Retreating back once we've attacked, no white flags ever raised. Swear we'd die without each other. Can't live with what we got. So mad you're cute, I gotta drop my boots and pick up one more shot. I don't get behind the wheel with Jack Daniels riding shoddy. I watch Netflix kick back and chill when I've had a few hot toddies. You make me crazy, but you bring me to the brink. I don't drink and drive, but you drive me to drink. You're like the bottom of this bottle. I don't want to see. I breathe you in like cigarettes. I know are bad for me. Jack Daniels riding shoddy. It's Netflix marathons and chill when I'm at a few hot toddies. Hate to say you make me crazy, but you bring me to the brink. I don't drink and drive, but you drive me to drink. I don't drink and drive, but you drive me to drink. I don't drink and drive, but you drive me to drink. Next week on Fast Line Fast Track, we head to the Farm Science Review put on by The Ohio State University. Make sure you come back for that. And don't forget, harvest season is here. If you're in the market for last-minute equipment, make sure you make your first stop, FastLine.com. Check out the dealer locator and the price comparison tool with the Iron Average, powered by Iron Solutions. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the Fast Line Fast Track podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. And also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Pinterest, and add our Spotify playlist to your library for music from past, current, and upcoming guests of the show. Until next time, it's Brent Adams saying y'all come back and bring along a friend. You've been listening to Fast Line Fast Track, presented by Fast Line Media Group. To learn more about Fast Line's customer-focused marketing solutions, visit FastLineMediaGroup.com and check out our brand websites, FastLine.com, BigAg.com, and PinkTractor.com. If you have topic suggestions for future podcasts, drop us a line at brent.adams at fastline.com.